This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me. It's 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Tuesday, March 28th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A mix of sun and clouds today, high 52. Tonight and overnight, a few clouds, low 38. Wednesday, sunshine, high 54. If you're walking out the door with us and so happy you are, it is 40 and cloudy in Riverhead. 41 degrees in West Milford. And This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. 42 and cloudy here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour and Sid and friends in the morning. When I walk out in early in the morning to come to work, I have like a three-block walk to get to my car. And there's always sort of, I've told you in the past, I've run into coyotes and skunks and opossums. Every once in a while, there's something strange going on. So this morning... This is what I hear when I uh, walk out my door, and I'll, uh, I'll play it for you. Right? Can you hear that? It was kind of low. And then as I start to walk closer to the street where I park my car, I'm starting to hear this. It's not my birthday, by the way. So I'm like, what is that? And then I get a little closer. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, I can't figure this out. And then I look over, and there's a garbage bag on the ground that someone had left out. I guess the people, the trash people had not seen it. And it was one of those cards that continually plays the song over and over again. I was like, oh, my God, the people in this neighborhood must be going out of their mind. I mean, I was only passing it for 26 seconds that I was going out of my mind. (laughs) And I stood there for a second. I was like, is this really going to keep playing? And sure enough, there it was. (laughs) Yeah. I know they have cards that do this and will never stop playing, but I don't think it was one of those. I think someone had just opened up the card and thrown it away. They took the $5 grandma sent them and threw it in the garbage can. And, well, it kept playing all night. So... Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals. 
with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Anyway, uh, it's kind of a funny moment. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Another deadly school shooting, this time in Nashville. A student stabbed in a Long Island middle school. The Trump grand jury hears from another witness. They struck again. A crew breaking into city schools steals more supplies. And Gwyneth Paltrow speaks out about that ski hit and run case. All right, let's get into it. WABC News Time 503. Police say the shooter who killed three kids and three adults at a private Christian school in Nashville yesterday was once a student there. When she was a student at that school, uh, but unsure what year, all of that. 28-year-old woman who had been ID'd was shot and killed by police. Investigators have been searching her home ever since, looking for some clues as to why she did it. Once they find out, will make a difference? No. He says officers rushed the Covenant Presbyterian School, heard gunshots on the second floor, and engaged that female shooter. I mean, this rarely happens. It's a female shooter. She was armed with two assault rifles and a handgun. Team of five immediately went in the school. Uh, went to where uh, gunshots were being heard and engaged uh, the suspect. Yeah, but it took her out, but it was too late for three kids and three students at the school. We have identified the suspect right now, uh, tentatively a 28-year-old female. Yeah, uh, so we're finding out all kinds of different details. I imagine the story will change as the days wears on, um, but uh, we haven't heard if she's angry, if she has a manifesto. I imagine that will all come out. We have three adult victims, and we have three children who have been identified and their families have been contacted. Yeah, the horrible part is just it's another senseless shooting. These people should be alive today. And even when we find out why she did it, it never makes any sense. I mean, people always want to know why, but there's no good reason. Why would you go into a school and shoot up innocent kids and teachers? There's no good reason. Back here, New York, New Jersey, officials calling for change following that deadly shooting in Nashville. The New Jersey Attorney General, Matthew Platkin, commenting on the tragedy yesterday. We've been in touch with the colonel in Tennessee. Um, I have no further details to add, but our hearts are with them as well. Governor Hochul, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, says the tragedy is needless, preventable. Uh, Congress, of course, they're speaking out as well, say they need to take action to stop gun violence in schools. In this latest tragic shooting, we know that too often our schools and communities are being devastated by gun violence. Yeah, it's the same drill over and over again. This is the White House Press Secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, telling reporters following the deadly shooting, she's asking how many children have to be murdered before we change things in this country. We need to do something. Once again, the president calls on Congress to do something before another child is senselessly killed in a preventable act of gun violence. More from Corinne Jean-Pierre. Schools should be safe spaces for our kids to grow and learn and for our educators to teach. Right. So, uh, Liz, I've said this for years. Look, we're the only country that has this issue. It just doesn't happen anywhere else. They don't, you know, once in a while you see mass shootings in other countries, but we have the mass shooting every single week. So uh, nobody wants to really figure it out. So I've kind of given up on it and just hope that it doesn't happen to any loved one or anybody else. But uh, I have no solution for the problem. I can't give you one because the two sides are 
too stuck on their side to sort of come in the middle and figure this all out. So uh, we just move on. What else are you going to do? And then you have this uh, horrible uh, stabbing that's taking place on Long Island, Lindenhurst Middle School, South Wellwood Avenue on Long Island yesterday. This is happening about 1230, a 13-year-old stabbing a 12-year-old. I saw when the kid got stabbed and there was a bunch of blood. I was walking downstairs and then I saw the fight and then I ran upstairs again. I was in the hallway and yeah. then I saw my science teacher yeah. with a kid. And the kid was leaving a trace of blood in the floor. Security guard used a tourniquet to save them. The victim airlifted to Stony Brook University Hospital after losing a lot of blood. It's just sad to me that people do this to other people. This should have never happened. Our children are sent to school to be safe. I think like school is for like safety, but it's not. It doesn't feel safe anymore. The stabber taken into custody and then parents asking the same question that those parents in Asheville are asking. How does this happen? I have no words for this. It's unbelievable. You send your kids off to school thinking they're going to have a good day and then this occurs. It's, it's concerning as a parent. It's scary. It's scary because you never know. All these things happening in the whole country, so you don't know what to expect. Just wishing the best for whoever was harmed, and hopefully everyone else is okay. Yeah, it's not clear what those two students were fighting out about before the 13-year-old pulled the knife on the 12-year-old. 510, so we have the shooting in Nashville. We have a kid stabbing another kid out on Long Island, and there was also terror at a hospital in Albany. Let's get the latest on this from... WABC's Alex Barnard, who joins us live. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. Yes, that's right. Police say Albany Medical Center was placed under lockdown for several hours Monday after the relative of a patient reportedly threatened hospital staff with, quote, weapons. It all started around 2.30 p.m. when the suspect locked himself in his relative's room on the C3 East Wing of the hospital. Police say the unidentified man may have been in possession of a handgun, but thankfully no shots were fired. Fired and all patients and staff were accounted for. Usman Bond, whose wife works at Albany Medical Center, spoke to Spectrum News 1. Oh, I feel so bad. Who knows what's going to happen there. So I feel so bad until I figure out nobody got hurt. Officers spent nearly five hours negotiating with the suspect who was taken into police custody at 7.15 p.m. A spokesperson for the hospital, Matt Markham, also spoke to Spectrum News 1. So we called a code silver, which is a safety code that we have, as soon as we learn of any potential that there may be an armed assailant within the hospital. And within seconds, our staff moved very quickly to make sure that they were safe, their colleagues were safe, and patients were safe as well. So I can tell you at this time, the hospital is safe, patients are safe, and staff are safe as well. Patients continued to receive care during the incident. The emergency room remained on lockdown, but a spokesperson said it was receiving patients, quote, as necessary. What do we know about this guy? Do we know anything? We really don't know anything. They haven't uh, released a name for him yet, any motive or anything of that nature at the moment. It sounds like this could have been just a uh, a mental episode. Not a disgruntled worker, not a former patient. We, I guess it could be any of those things. Well, again, they are saying that this was a, a relative of a patient who, I guess, was probably visiting their their relative at the hospital. And then uh, possibly while having some kind of mental crisis. Who knows? Hmm. All right. WABC's Alex Barnard. Thank you very much. Uh, WABC News Time 512. Let's go out to Clifton, New Jersey. A terrifying home invasion leaving a 73-year-old grandmother tied up while 
two men ransacked her home, Ramona Cartanega, describing in detail what happened inside her home. This was over the weekend. She was standing, she said, at her kitchen island in her house, uh, working on a wreath. When she heard the door open, she thought it was her husband coming back home, but no, it was uh, somebody else. I thought it was my husband that he came back, and I just froze. The only thing he say, don't move. He said it in Spanish. Uh, he just grabbed me in my hand, he took the tay, my own tay, and he grabbed my hand, he grabbed my feet, and he put tay in my mouth. Yeah, so Cartanega staying on the floor while the men destroyed bedrooms. They were searching, you know, ransacking the house, looking for jewels, cash. Uh, she heard them walk over to the front door, so uh, she ripped off the tape off her mouth, called police once they were out of the house, and went to see what they had stolen and realized that one of the things that they had stolen was the jewelry of her daughter, who had died back in 2021. Something that is going to be very hard to replace. They took my daughter's jewelry. They took my confidence. The good news here is that she was not harmed. The bad news, of course, is that they stole that jewelry, some other items from the home. She was able, actually, to draw... I guess she's an artist. She was able to draw really clear pictures of these wanted men and what they were wearing. I guess she has a good memory as well. And she handed them over to police. So hopefully that'll be enough that they can catch up with these dopes. WABC News Time 514. Former President Trump making a connection between his New York hush money payment case and elections. I don't know whether it helps or hurts. I can tell you, in my opinion, it's a new way of cheating on elections. It's called election interference. What they're doing... Trump was back on Fox News last night. He wasn't sure if this probe will help or hurt his chances of his run for 2024. He claims he's leading in the polls and did nothing wrong when it relates to campaign finance laws. People are pleading with the prosecutor, don't do it, don't do it. It's wrong. Even Democrats, even people that traditionally are not exactly my fans are saying, don't do it. Because I didn't do anything wrong. Meantime, the Manhattan Grand Jury investigating former President Trump reconvened yesterday for the first time in a week. David Pecker, the former publisher of the National Enquirer, testifying before this grand jury. Pecker was allegedly familiar with the so-called catch-and-kill payments, which would be used to help eliminate negative stories about Trump before the 2016 election. There's still no word when the Manhattan DA's office might ask the grand jury to vote on possible charges against Trump. Meanwhile, elected officials coming together to support the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, who's received threats. Uh, Here's Congressman Adriano Espaillat. We're here to watch our DA's back to ensure that no one bullies their way through and this allows a process to continue forward. Last week, bogus bomb threats called into Bragg's office. He got threatening letters as well. One of them had suspicious powder. It ended up being nothing. We will not have another insurrection-type action in New York City. We will not accept that. And we're here to push back. An incredibly thoughtful um, human. Uh, he's a man of faith. Uh, he has a strong moral compass. He's not going to bring a case that is flimsy. He's also not going to shy away from bringing a real case. So this is where we're hearing the grand jury will meet again on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. Will they vote then? 
no idea. Of course, we'll follow that story. Have all the details as soon as it comes out right here. 77 WABC. 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Alec. Uh, Good morning, Justin. Good morning, Gnome Aladen. Happy Tuesday morning there on the hardwood last night. Just the Knicks were in action as they took it to the lowly Houston Rockets at home with a convincing 137-115 win. Emmanuel quickly was the star of the game going for a career-high 40 points and route to the win. Julius Randle had a nice bounce-back game as well with his 26 points. Quickly spoke following the game on the role his teammates played in his big performance. They were pushing me to get 40 and also try to get that 10th assist. Um, just speaks to the great teammates that I have uh, each and every day. I'm blessed to be able to come in and uh, have great, not only great basketball players, but have great people. Um, I, I don't take that for granted at all, having great teammates, because everybody doesn't have it. Quickly connected on 14 of 18 shots from the field and added nine assists to boot. He started in place of Jalen Brunson, who missed his second straight game with a bruised right hand. Up next for the Knicks is a date with the Miami Heat at the Garden come tomorrow night. On the ice, the Islanders absolutely buried the Devils at home by a score of 5-1. to one. Kyle Palmieri had two goals and an assist, including this snipe to put the Isles up 3-1 to one late in the third. Here's Palmieri with Vanacek just getting back into his crease after leaving to play the puck. Pilat turned it over, Palmieri scores again! Oh, it's Kyle Palmieri's night, and it's 3-1 Islanders! Huge goal for the Islanders. That call courtesy of MSGSN tender Elias Rokin showed out as well with his 30 saves on the night, while Engvall, Horvat, and Parise took care of the other New York tallies. The Islanders will try and keep it going tomorrow night in Washington against the Capitals, while the Devils will see if they can bounce back when they host the Rangers come Thursday night. And looking ahead... To ice hockey action tonight, the Rangers, the aforementioned Rangers, that is, will be in action at home at the Garden against the Columbus Blue Jackets. That puck will drop at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Alec. So much more to get to as we work our way up to 6 o'clock and sit in friends in the morning. Westchester passes a George Santos law. We'll get into that. Vice President Kamala Harris is on a week-long trip to Africa. We'll tell you why she's there. And this crew that's been breaking into schools in the Bronx and stealing school supplies has struck again. That and more. But first at 520, a check of Wall Street. Here's Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Investor confidence improving as regional bank stocks continue to rebound. First Republic and PacWest leading the way up 12% and 3% in yesterday's session. Testimony on the bank crisis begins in Washington. Federal Reserve officials scheduled to speak to Senate and House leaders. Meanwhile, senators calling on former SVB Bank and Signature Bank officials to testify. The federal government looking for reasons why they failed. Walgreens quarterly results come before the opening bell. Wall Street targeting a 30% decline in earnings per share, declining COVID vaccine demand hurting the pharmacy sector. Micron stock down a percent ahead of today's earnings report. Third quarter revenue expected to have declined. Disney shares up more than a percent yesterday, the first round of Disney layoffs to begin this week. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 521. The New Jersey Attorney General 
taking over the scandal-plagued Patterson, New Jersey Police Department. There's been enormous amount of problems there over the last couple of years. Attorney General Matthew Platkin says starting in May, the NYPD Chief of Strategic Initiatives is going to lead the department and will be charged with reforming it. Exercising control over the police department and bringing in nationally recognized police leadership is just the first of many steps we will take together to build a safer and more just city of Patterson. In the meantime, the AG's office will take the helm. The department has been plagued with scandals after several officers pled guilty to corruption-related charges. Most recently, the community outraged earlier this month following the fatal police-involved shooting of uh, Najee Seabrooks. Najee Seabrooks. This is the state of New Jersey coming in to provide the support that this community needs, to provide the resources that this community needs, and to provide the leadership that this community needs. And we will not leave until we're done. Chief Abbasi currently oversees policy reforms for the entire NYPD police force. He has served in the NYPD since 1997 and has successfully managed command of more than 30,000 members of the force. Yeah, so that'll begin in May. Uh, over to New York Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Slamming Republicans who want to do away with President Biden's student loan forgiveness program. Republicans are showing how callous and uncaring they are by trying to block debt relief that will literally transform the lives for so many for the better. Schumer accusing the GOP of giving tax cuts to the wealthy while denying critical debt relief to Americans who need it most. He noted 90 percent of dollars in Biden's plan would go to those earning less than $75,000 a year. Republican Senators Bill Cassidy, Joni Ernst, John Cornyn will introduce a resolution to uh, overturn the debt relief program as soon as this week. Nearly 90 percent of relief dollars would go to out-of-school borrowers making less than $75,000 a year. This is a party that cuts taxes on the very wealthy, but then says that this is a bailout and a giveaway to high earners. WABC News Time 523 Vice President Kamala Harris kicking off a week-long trip in Africa. We are guided not by what we can do for Africa, but what we can do with Africa. So she met with Ghana's president yesterday, announced this $100 million package to support conflict prevention and stabilization in coastal West Africa. She also says the U.S. is committed to strengthening partnerships with African leaders and praised Ghana's president for upholding democratic principles. I am pleased to announce $100 million in support of Benin, Ghana, Guinea, Cote d'Ivoire and Togo. We appreciate your leadership in response to recent democratic backsliding in West Africa and standing up for democratic principles around the world. All right, let's bring it back home out to Westchester. Westchester County Executive George Latimer plans to sign legislation that's inspired by embattled Congressman George Santos. We think this bill can be replicated. Ideally, at the state or the federal level, there would be legislation of this nature. So Latimer introducing the truthful, <laughs> I laughed just name saying this, Latimer introducing the truthful disclosure bill. It's always funny coming from politicians. Uh, he did so earlier this year after the Long Island Congressman Santos admitted he lied about his personal and professional background on the campaign trail. Lawmakers unanimously approving a measure that would require all candidates for county uh, lawmaker positions or executives to submit a resume to the Westchester County Board of Ethics. And I guess they would look it over 
and make sure that these politicians are being honest before they run for office. Latimer says the document will then be made public to ensure transparency. He says the goal is to find outright lies before the public votes. Okay. If it's significant enough, you will be subject to, to civil penalties okay. and fining of that nature. Um, no one can but, stop you. But, of course, the minute you get the job and you lie, that's fine. I'm running at that point. But it will be apparent to everybody that you did not go to Baruch College. You were not on the volleyball team that beat Harvard. Yeah, it seems kind of silly to me. 525, police investigating a string of break-ins at schools across the Bronx following a recent burglary at Riverdale Kingsbridge Academy. This crew, boy, they've gone to 11 different schools across the last couple months and stealing sort of things you wouldn't think they would steal, like calculators. But I guess it must be worth something on the open market. I guess these schools are easy to get into. The latest victims, though, Riverdale Kingsbridge Academy. A lot of these schools, you know, they can't afford to just replace this stuff. It costs a lot of money. Real shame because it's a, a, a neighborhood that I feel safe in generally. Why aren't the doors locked? completely how did they get in it could have been somebody with a gun waiting yeah so a bronx city council member eric dinowitz says this is really awful and agree with them is they're attacking schools that it can ill afford to replace some of these items and so many things 11 break-ins fifty thousand dollars worth of damage done when they broke into these schools not clear how much money in terms of the items that they stole but it's a lot i mean it's just despicable Stealing is bad enough. I mean, it's just despicable. Stealing is bad enough. But to steal the tools of education from our kids, is, is it's atrocious. Uh, and, it, and it's heartbreaking. These are the tools our kids need to use uh, to, to, do, to do their math, to, to pass their regents exams, and it's being taken from them. The interesting thing about this is the police believe the people who are involved in all of these crimes are probably between 15 and 18 years old. We are just getting started on this Tuesday morning. So much to get to as we work our way up to 6 o'clock and sit in friends in the morning. We'll go down to Miami where they've had so many problems with spring break. Give you the latest on that. Those eye drops that have killed three people and blinded a half a dozen. We'll tell you the latest on that too and which ones you should probably avoid. And the U.S. and Mexico have a new agreement to stop the flow of fentanyl. those stories and more coming up. WABC News Time is 530. The 77s. And there was a thought that they were going to put metal detectors in the perimeter around Ocean Drive to stop all the craziness. of There's uh, two people have been shot so far, dead. Uh, four people arrested for aggravated assault, three for aggravated battery, 20 arrests for carrying firearms. But so far, those metal detectors have not been set up. Because I am not going to stand and live through another year of what we've seen this year with the violence and people getting shot on our streets. Yeah, it's that's enough. the vice mayor in Miami Beach who said uh, they're ready for spring break to end. Similar to what's done for, let's say, an ultra uh, music festival where it's public property, but yet there is a large secured perimeter and you have to go through metal detectors to get in. Yeah, it just, you know, it's just too difficult to do. But metal detectors in a place like South Beach where thousands of people are coming to enjoy the nightlife on Ocean Drive. To create secured perimeters with metal detectors to make sure we don't have illegal guns in our streets. So so far that has not happened. 541, officials gathering yesterday with the heartbroken family whose dog was euthanized by animal care centers here in the city 
what they say was an abuse of power. They were there with uh, New York City Council member Jim Gennaro, who has joined the fight about this lost dog euthanized within hours of being found. So the Leon family wants to change things, how change things, uh, how things are done. The family lost their dog. It showed up, this dog, at Animal Cares Center. Three hours later, they euthanized the dog. Now, the Animal Care Center says this dog was in terrible shape. It looked to be over 15 years old. It was blind. It was deaf, had some other issues. But at the same time, Animal Care Center put a picture of this dog on their lost dog website. So the family went to go pick up the dog, and that's when they had to tell them that they had put the dog down. Her old age, the illnesses that came with her old age made her a target. I thought shelters were a safe haven, and now I have a different look at it now. And it breaks my heart. Yes, so Leona was older, but the family insists that she was a happy dog. The dog's owners convinced it was an abuse of power and a rush to judgment. And they're now they're demanding that they get some sort of apology from animal care centers and that they don't do anything like this in the future. Here's the city councilman, Jim Gennaro. Unwarranted and atrocious. Nothing like this should befall a family. Once they contacted ACC... They were told the dog has been euthanized. The dog is now dead. And so this is not how city residents should be treated. Yes. So the dog somehow got away. How a 19-year-old dog that's deaf and um, blind gets away, but it did. But uh, the animal care centers then rushes to this judgment that nobody owns this dog. But at the same time, they put a picture of the dog on their lost dog website. None of it makes a whole lot of sense. So the Animal Care Centers of New York has to explain. And uh, this family says that's why they've come forward. They don't want anything else from them. They just want them to explain what happened and to make sure this doesn't happen to anybody else. Student athletes at St. Francis College will be bidding farewell to their school's athletic program as it nears its final days. Their St. Francis is getting rid of all of its sports programs, basketball, track. Uh, here's somebody who played on the basketball team. I could be around people who I love, so I was like, I'll just stay home. This is great. This is, I honestly look at it as a perfect opportunity. The situation that we had to deal with was pretty tough. And a lot of people may not know, but we were over into the practice. We playing at a different school. Me going to St. Francis, I always looked at everything like it happens for a reason. Yes, that's Larry Moreno, who's from Brooklyn. He was a basketball standout in high school in Brooklyn and said, hey, you know, I might as well stay in Brooklyn to go to college. And now uh, St. Francis is getting rid of its sports program. Here's somebody who was on their track team who's just as disappointed as everybody else that there'll be no sports teams at St. Francis anymore. At St. Francis? Yeah. Uh, it literally gave me a family. It's, it's literally who I am now. Oh, man. Um, uh, it was sad. It was sad because it's like that's the kind of things you like look back and like i don't know you kind of want to still be a part of that yeah it's expensive of course for these colleges to run these programs and they won't get the money back and they weren't apparently that's why i decided to get rid of the sports program 545 now let's head over to the 77 wabc sports desk which is live and well thankfully Uh and here's justin ellick well thank you noam laden 545 on your tuesday morning on the hardwood last night just the knicks were in action as they took it to the lowly Houston Rockets. Oh, yeah, Sidney Rosenberg was there, by the way. Keeps pointing to himself. Hanging out with Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Go to my Instagram page at Rosenberg.Sydney to see the pictures. And uh, we'll talk about that coming up on Sid and Friends in about 15 minutes. How about it? Shocking. Yeah. yeah. Edie Falco, Kevin Bacon, uh, Judd Apatow's daughter, Maud. All of us 
One big family. How about Celebrity that? Row. Wow. Bunch Kathy of famous Hochul? people. Yeah. <laughs> right they showed them all on the Jumbotron, except for me. <laughs> <laughs> so the Knicks lose at home to the Houston Rockets, 130, or they win, excuse me, 137 to 115. Emmanuel quickly was the star of the game, going for a career-high 40 points and route to the win. Julius Randle had a nice bounce-back game as well with his 26 points. Quickly connected on 14 of 18 shots from the field and added nine assists to boot. He started in place of Jalen Brunson, who missed his second straight game with a bruised right hand. Up next for the Knicks is a date with the Miami Heat at the Garden come tomorrow night. On the ice, the Islanders absolutely buried the Devils at home by a score of 5-1. to one. Kyle Palmieri had two goals and an assist, including this snipe to put the Owls up 3-1 to one late in the third. Here's Palmieri with Vanacek just getting back into his crease after leaving to play the puck. Pilat turned it over. Palmieri scores again! Oh, it's Kyle Palmieri's night and it's 3-1 Islanders. Huge goal for the Islanders. That call courtesy of MSGSN. Tender Elias Sorokin showed out as well with his 30 saves on the night while Engvall, Horvat, and Parise took care of the other New York tallies. The Islanders will try and keep it going tomorrow night in Washington against the Capitals while the Devils will see if they can bounce back when they host the Rangers come Thursday night. Looking ahead to ice hockey action tonight, the Rangers back in action. And Sidney Rosenberg again will be in attendance at the Garden as they welcome in the Columbus Blue Jackets for a 7 p.m. Eastern time puck drop. Here was sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Alec. Now let's catch you up on some of the biggest stories of the morning. Of course, the big one down in Nashville. Cops say a female shooter, a former student, killed three kids, three adults, private Christian elementary school in Nashville. She was a student there, uh, well, years ago because she's 28 now. At one point, she was a student at that school, uh, but unsure what year, all of that. Investigators now searching her home. Officers rushing the Covenant Presbyterian School. When everybody heard gunshots on the second floor, they engaged the shooter quickly, took her out. Team of five immediately went in the school, uh, went to where uh, gunshots were being heard, and engaged uh, the suspect. Yeah, took her down very quickly, but unfortunately it was too late for three students and uh, uh, three adults at the school. Drake giving, uh, this is the police chief there, Drake giving a, pol- a description of uh, what took place. We have three adult victims and we have three children who have been identified and their families have been contacted. As I said, they were searching the house looking for a reason, a manifesto. Even if they find one, won't make, I'm sure, a whole lot of sense. Just a god-awful story in Nashville. Of course, back here, people reacting to that story. You had the New Jersey Attorney General, Matthew Placklin, uh, commenting on the tragedy. We've been in touch with the colonel in Tennessee. Um, I have no further details to add, but our hearts are with them as well. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre talking about the shooting as well. We need to do something. Once again, the president calls on Congress to do something before another child is senselessly killed in a preventable act of gun violence. And unfortunately, the school violence did not end in Nashville yesterday. Bring it back home to Long Island, Lindenhurst Middle School. This is on South Wellwood Avenue, about 1230 yesterday. A 12-year-old stabbed a 13-year-old student in the groin with a six-inch knife. As you can imagine, the school went into lockdown. Parents, students, or rather parents rushing to the school to make sure their kids were okay. Kids were devastated. I saw when the kid got stabbed and there was a bunch of blood. I was walking downstairs 
and then I saw the fight, and then I ran upstairs again. I was in the hallway, and yeah. then I saw my science teacher yeah. with a kid, and the kid was leaving a trace of blood in the floor. The security guard, a very alert one, using a tourniquet to save the student. Uh, they were airlifted to Stony Brook University Hospital after losing a lot of blood. It's just sad to me that people do this to other people. This should have never happened. Our children are sent to school to be safe. I think like school is for like safety, but it's not. It doesn't feel safe anymore. 12-year-old student taken into custody. Why they did it, we don't know. Parents panicked, feared the worst. They rushed to the school, and just like those parents in Nashville, they say this thing shouldn't be happening. I have no words for this. It's unbelievable. You send your kids off to school thinking they're going to have a good day, and then this occurs. It's it's concerning as a parent. It's scary. It's scary because you never know. All these things happening in the whole country, so you don't know what to expect. Just wishing the best for whoever was harmed, and hopefully everyone else is okay. Yeah, that student in critical but stable condition this morning. The other big story of the morning, uh, former President Trump on Fox News last night is making a connection between his New York hush money payment case and his upcoming election. I don't know whether it helps or hurts. I can tell you, in my opinion, it's a new way of cheating on elections. It's called election interference. What they're doing... Uh, more from the president. People are pleading... With the prosecutor, don't do it. Don't do it. It's wrong. Even Democrats, even people that traditionally are not exactly my fans are saying, don't do it because I didn't do anything wrong. Meantime, waiting, of course, what will this grand jury decide? We don't know. Yesterday, they did hear from another witness. They're supposed to reconvene uh, tomorrow again. Will they make a decision then? Just don't know. Yesterday, you had community leaders here in New York backing Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who's trying this case. They say uh, they back him because he's getting all these threats from the outside, uh, letters threatening his life, one that had white powder. Thankfully, it wasn't dangerous, showed up at his office. We're here to watch our DA's back to ensure that no one bullies their way through and this allows a process to continue forward. WABC News Time 554. So is this TikTok thing going to happen, right? Now you have Democrats and Republicans both on the same side of this issue. President Biden as well saying that they want to ban TikTok. So now they have to actually take that step to do so. 150 Amer- million Americans have TikTok downloaded on their phone and probably are just as addicted as I am. When I turn it on, sometimes I'm sitting there looking at it for an hour, video after video. The fear is, is that... The communists in China are getting all kinds of information from us uh, and then also trying to influence us with the videos they send our way. Um, sort of like what Facebook and Instagram does, but they're not going after them for the same thing. I think with 150 million Americans currently on the platform, the cat's kind of out of the bag, so to speak. You know, the CCP has harvested their data, and that will have long-term implications for our national security as well as for those individuals. Am I wrong not to be so concerned? I feel like everybody has my information already, so who cares? And they're already sending me misinformation about elections already on every other platform. But that's just me. And then good luck trying to take it away from my kids who are way more addicted than I am. I think what we need to be focusing on collectively is a national data privacy uh, piece of legislation. Yeah, good luck with that. That 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 ship sailed about 10 years ago. 555, the man suing Gwyneth Paltrow over a ski crash says he heard a blood-curdling scream before he was hit. 
Retired optometrist Terry Sanderson, who's suing the actress for $300,000, says he suffered from a concussion and a brain injury and broke four ribs. Now, Paltrow, who took the sand, says that's not how it happened at all. She says Terry Sanderson ran into her. As Mr. Sanderson categorically hit me on that ski slope, and that is the truth. I fell on his body. He fell on the ground, and so it was kind of like a spoon on the ground. I couldn't see in the back of my head, sure, but I felt a body right. press against my back. So who's telling the truth? We don't know. Sanderson, uh, she says Sanderson crashed into her back. Sanderson say it's the other way around. But uh, Paltrow says uh, it was all Sanderson's fault. I, I didn't engage in risky behavior. I, I wouldn't with my children there or without my children there. I was skiing and looking downhill as you do. And I was skied directly into by Mr. Sanderson. I said, you skied directly into my effing back. And he said, oh, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, so uh, Sanderson's family taking the stand and saying that uh, things have not been the same since the accident. He used to be able to multitask and do all sorts of complicated tasks. And now he has a hard time just following through one step at a time. Sanderson suing Paltrow again for $300,000. Paltrow has countersued for a dollar and her attorney fees. They'll be all back in court later today. We are about 50 seconds away from the Tuesday edition of Sid and Friends in the morning. Let's find out what's happening on the big show from Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Noam Layden. Uh, about a minute out here, your Tuesday morning edition of Sid and Friends in the morning. We're just about ready to go here. Bottom of each hour, you don't want to miss the minicast clip of the day today featuring the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. 940 this morning, another great edition of the Peerless Boilers Sid's Take Trivia Game in the way of guests. Uh, every Tuesday morning, we welcome on the great Bo Deedle, so we'll be uh, listening to him today, 825 this morning, some nuggets with Gnome Layden, 840 this morning, Dick Morris, and 910, Randy Levine, current president of the New York Yankees. So we're just about ready to go here, Gnome. Big right. day ahead. All right, we're out of here on this Tuesday morning. You make it a great one. We'll do it all over again, 5 o'clock tomorrow. Don't go anywhere now. Sit in friends in the morning. It's up. They are up. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com.